All right, listen up. Welcome back to the Construction Mentor Podcast. My name is Ike. I am your host. You can follow me on Instagram and TikTok at the Construction Mentor. You can catch this podcast on Spotify, YouTube, and I always forget the last one, Apple Podcasts. Uh, today, we are going to continue to um, concentrate on opportunities of education and entry into the construction industry. And to do that, I have Jennifer Wilkerson, Vice President of Innovation and Advancement for the NCCER, that's National Center for Construction, Education, and Research. So very appropriate for what we like to concentrate on here. Jennifer, how are you? I'm great. Thanks for having me. So let's go, let's go right into it. Jennifer, what is NCCER? What do you do? Sure. So the National Center for Construction, Education, and Research, we're a nonprofit um, educational foundation. So what we do is we create curriculum and assessments for any of the crafts. We have 45 different ones. So whether it's HVAC or welding or it's solar photovoltaic, you name it, uh, we create the training. Like I said, the resources for the training, we don't do it ourselves, but we accredit organizations so they can offer this type of training and assessments. So it's interesting because I think a lot of young people, they think hammers and nails and boots and jeans, and they don't think much past that, right? You just said that there was 45 different uh, niches, basically. You know, and I don't think that people understand how broad that that the industry is. Um, and what you're concentrating on is really, uh, you know, education. So um, <clears throat> they wouldn't go to you, right? But you are the infrastructure basically behind organizations. So you know where all of the, you know, inlets and outlets are for the industry. How did NCCR start? Like, where did it come from? Sure. So what happened were there were a lot of, very large contractors in the United States. Um, and they were, the, the issue was that someone would start training with them and they would leave and they would go somewhere else. And then that, that organization, that company would start retraining them because they had no record of the training that they previously had. And what happened was they came to the NCCR, they were working with the associated builders and contractors, and they had some curriculum that, that they too were in this conversation. And they're like, we need an organization that will not only develop and update the curriculum, but will also provide credentials that are reliable industry-recognized credentials to these people. So if someone starts working in North Carolina and starts their training and they go to a different contractor in California, that contractor can look up in our database and based on a very unique identifier, everybody gets a specific number that is just their NCCR number. That person can go to our online database they can put the number in there and it gives them their transcripts, just like a college transcript. It has all the training they've gotten. And so they never have to restart their training. They can just keep on building whatever they're doing, go to the next level um, and, and move up in whatever organization it is. And, and that's true for the colleges that use us. That's true for uh, the correctional facilities that use us, the high schools that use us, the industry uh, associations that use us. They come to us and they say, hey, I, I want to provide this. So they apply for accreditation and we have them go through a train the trainer. We help them understand how to do this. So we keep the credibility across the board um, and then they get to start doing the training and using our resources, our curriculum. And um, like I said, our assessments, too. So you just hit on a couple things there and to tie it uh, to together for people at home, just think about, you know, Yelp or Angie, Angie's List or any of these things that you hear about online. 
you're worried about the quality of individual that you're going to get that, do they have the background? Do they have the education? So this provides, whether you're a contractor or um, a client, you know, somebody looking to hire somebody, you know, that type of proof, that type of evidence that you're, you're going to get what you pay for. And the second thing that you touched on is one that I love hammering home and that's the freedom, right? When you have these credentials, this gives you the freedom to move all over the place. I myself have lived in Boston, California, New York, Florida. I can take my career anywhere that I want to. And this is a way for you to do that. This has the stamp of approval and almost like a, a BBB score, a Better Business Bureau score on your resume that, that people can trust. These are the types of things uh, you know, that we're talking about. So how did you get involved with this organization? Because I think you have a, a pretty uh, unique and interesting story to tie that in. Sure, sure. So um, I started out as a high school English teacher. When I was going to college to be the high school English teacher, my husband was in a welding apprenticeship program. And so he did his, he did trade school at night, worked during the day, did the apprenticeship program. He did that. I went to college. I taught for, I taught high school English for 13 years. And then I went to work for the welding fabrication shop that we had opened. So he did the apprenticeship and then he moved on, opened his own business, had a welding fabrication shop. Um, I went to help him. I worked there for a while. And uh, during the Great Recession, we thought one of us better have a job with someone else, not just dependent upon ourselves and our own business. And I saw this job opportunity for uh, a project manager for NCCER. And I thought, wow, I love education. I love construction. This is like beautiful. This is the perfect place for me. And so I, I went in to take a test for that. They gave me an editing test and some things, and it ended up being welding plans which was exactly what I did for my husband's shop was welding plans. And I was like, this is meant to be, I'm supposed to be at this place and I'm supposed to do this. And the thing that excited me the most was I watched uh, my husband and everything he was able to accomplish. And I thought other people need to know about this. Like I had taught high school English and there were so many students that were like, you know, I don't know what I want to do after high school. And, and I don't, I don't necessarily want to sit in a classroom or an office. I want to do something different. And I thought young people should know about this and we should be able to give them credentials and let them know these portable credentials are just like a college degree. It is your college degree. You take these programs, you get these credentials. And like you said, go where you want to go. So it was my passion for education and my um, admiration for the people that are so skilled that they, they build the world, they build our environment. So I was like, this is what I'm supposed to do. You know, we talked about education and the evolution of education over the last few hundred years, right? And the classroom being sedentary, this whole, this notion, I mean, even just humans in general, the idea of us being sedentary, sitting there, right? Being tied to a computer screen or to a desk is very, very new. The classroom concept is very, very new, like in the last 150 years. And you had a very interesting story that I think a lot of young people could connect with about a specific individual who was brilliant, but not, it wasn't necessarily reflected on his report card. Right. Absolutely. Yes. I had a young student and I always remember him. I won't say his name right here. I think I, I've, I've yeah. mentioned his name before, but um, great kid, 10th grade. And even though he struggled in school, uh, all the other students were telling me like, this kid is amazing at electronics. He can fix your stereo. He can do anything. He is just so smart. And so I ended up calling his mom and I said, hey, listen, there's some fantastic programs that are career, career technical education programs that would take this interest that he has and let him build on it and make a career out of that. And she 
got mad at me and she said, absolutely not. My son will graduate with a regular degree and a regular high school diploma. And he, she hung up the phone and I thought, whew, that's a misconception because obviously you get a high school diploma when you're doing career tech ed. But I just think um, it's such a shame because there are a lot of brilliant people. I mean, I talk about my husband when my kids were in high school and he's so fantastic at math being a welder and mm -hmm. we would ask him to help. And they're like, dad, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like we have to write it in this equation and we have to do it this way and you're doing it in your head. So help me do. And I'm just thinking people don't know, you know how smart these people have to be to figure out uh, the alignment of the pipes, where they're going to cut the weld, how much science they have to do if they're a crane operator for the uh, load capacities and everything they have to do. It's just, there are so many misconceptions about the careers and the education that people need because you still need, you know, you still need to go through this training three, four years. It can be less, but you are getting training mm -hmm. and you are becoming a skilled craft professional by taking this type of training. I don't think a lot of people realize, and I, I try to be careful when I talk about this uh, because, you know, I used to be an engineer, right? My degree is in engineering and I did that for a long time. But how often the guys in the field either prove them wrong or have to teach the engineer something, somebody with the mechanical engineering degree or whatever kind of engineering degree, right? And it's because of, I don't even want to say that one's smarter than the other. It's just the practical education and application that people have in the field. I mean, when you go to these trade schools, whether it's for welding or for, um, you know, specifically HVAC always comes to mind with, you know, latent heat and sensible heat and things like that. You know, they have to learn a lot of thermodynamics to understand those things, which is a mechanical engineering college level course, basically. Right. But they're also doing it with their hands and, and they learn the ins and outs that way. Um, and it's not just about this education. There, there are other um, aspects of the education that would apply to management and business too, right? Absolutely. Like running, running your own contracting. I mean, basically, because I always try to tell kids, and I think your husband did this, you have to have a skill. If you want to be an entrepreneur or a business person, you have to have a skill to bring to people, to sell people. So there's no better way to start um, a business than to have these types of skills. But you obviously want to be educated in that as well. So are there opportunities for education, accreditation in that sense? Oh, absolutely. I always tell people too. I mean, what other industry industry can you start in your tools, on your tools, in a field and end up being the vice president, the president or the owner of your own company? I mean, there's a lot of jobs, you know, you're going to be a teacher. That's fantastic. I love it. But guess what? You're not going to own your school. If you're a doctor, you're not going to own the hospital, but in construction, you can own your own business. And like you said, you start with those skills, you build them up. And not only does it take you everywhere and do this, but as you learn, you can also, well, I want to be a crew leader. I want to be a foreman. I want to be a superintendent. I want to be an owner. It's just the opportunities literally are endless. Once you know, like you said, you have that skill and, and you know what you're doing, then, I mean, the sky's the limit, really. I, and you you hit the nail on the head and I, you know, I'm about to have a daughter, right? My, my daughter's on the way. And when I think about what her life would look like, uh, the, the chances are, is that if she went to college, there's an 11% chance that she'd go for nursing, which is great. You can make a lot of money as a nurse, but there is a ceiling, right? Like a nurse isn't going to own the hospital. Okay. I would much rather if she, if she so chose 
get into one of these niches, you know, to, to run her own thing or to be her own executive or, you know, whatever. And I think, you know, to, that story about the student that you had where there was so much pressure from the parent, it's like the parents are more concerned with the perception that that gives them, right? Like they, they would rather, or they, they see more value in going to a cocktail party or like the, the neighborhood Christmas party and saying, Oh, Johnny's going to school for biology. Well, what the hell is that going to pay Johnny? <laughs> right. But if he was a welder and owns his own business, you know, um, it's just a different way of looking at it. And I, I don't think uh, parents recognize that enough. Right. I don't think they know. Um, we haven't done a good job as an industry, I think, educating people. So I think we need to take some responsibility for that because people, the only part of construction they know is a house is being built down the street or there's some road work going over yeah. here and I'm driving and it's a pain in the butt to get through. But they don't understand uh, the skills, the talent and the jobs that are out there. I mean, every you know we need to think about that in the morning when we when we turn on that light switch that light switch goes through wires somewhere that were hooked up by someone that built a power plant that were, were learned to trade those people have crafts and they build that power plant or the plumbing that happens in a house or when they get on the roads or they even drive the car somebody built the manufacturing center that built those cars so it starts the the great stadiums they go to i love you know they love going to football games they want to do things guess who built those stadiums the, the athletes don't build the stadiums the doctors don't build the right. hospital it is it is the builders it is the craft professionals that build those those buildings so the yeah my my dad actually was one of the mechanical contractors on gillette stadium where the patriots play and i got to go there the whole time it was being built all two years and that's when I knew that I wanted to be in this industry. Um, you know, the the other thing is we don't, like, like you said, we don't realize <laughs> how much we need these things until it's an inconvenience. And you and I both know in Florida, when, you, when we have a hurricane, how quickly electricians can be the most peop important people in the world, <laughs> right? We lose civilization in a matter of 24 hours. Uh, and it gets to be the Hunger Games pretty quick when nobody has any gas or electricity. <laughs> yeah, it does. Right? Um, so for the parents that do acknowledge these opportunities, and because I have a lot of parents that reach out to me, right? And and they just don't know how to direct their uh, children or to advise them on these opportunities. What would you say to those parents? What can they do? Um, I think there's... I, I, well... I would say go to our website. So we have a build your future website. I mean, there's a lot of things you can do to look for this, but we have a build your future website that's separate from NCCR. That's really just about career exploration. And there's actually places on there for the parents themselves to go. And it helps mm -hmm. educate them on all the opportunities in the construction industry. I mean, the site even talks about salaries. It talks about the skills that are needed. It gives both parents and uh, students the opera or anyone really just to kind of what does that mean? And they can even look at their individual state and find out how many carpenters are needed right now, how many electricians are needed, and find out what is the greatest need in their particular state. So I think it's looking into that. I think parents also um, should look more into career and technical education because I think a lot of them don't understand what that means. And what that means mm -hmm. is that their son or daughter will take classes that are applicable I mean, whether it's automotive, whether it's culinary arts, whether it's nursing, all of these programs are in career and technical education. And there's a lot of schools now, believe it or not, 
that get in their states, they actually get just as much funding for someone that graduates with a uh, industry recognized credential as they do an AP test. And that's happening across the United States because the states realize they need this for their economy. In order to move forward, the states have to be progressive and say, wow, we need people to choose construction. Therefore, we are going to give funding to these schools just like we would an advanced placement class because we need to recognize these people can go to work as soon as they graduate from high school. So again, the the conduit that that your platform provides everybody are not only a pulse on the needs of your community because supply and demand, right? Like that's the best way to invest in your future is to uh, invest your time uh, creating value that people need. Right. And then where do you go for those things, right? So what what are the education opportunities? What are the apprenticeship opportunities? Is it, and I just have the list right here. So, you know, we're talking about trade training. We're talking about online curriculums and trade tasks, uh, knowledge tests and performance tests, certifications that are transferable from region to region, like you already talked about, and union and non-union, right? So unions are a great thing to, if it's available to you, but it's not available to everybody, right? So what what are those different paths look like, right? And I think, it's obvious the the high school, the next step, right? Um, for a lot of people, like you get out of high school, you need a job. What about people that want to make a transition? I have a lot of people that re- reach out to me and maybe they're 30, maybe they're 40 and they want to come into the industry. What would you say to those people? Is it too late? No. Oh my gosh. It's never too late. I mean, even on our website, on our NCCR site, we have call, it's called find a training center find a center mm-hmm. it's at the top of our website. And if people want to put in their zip code and find out what's the closest NCCR program, but even if it's not an NCCR program, there are so many community colleges, there's so much industry uh, association training. So if you start looking in your state, so if it's a parent looking for their child, they can look up the career tech ed director in their state and find out where are all the programs. If it's a person looking for that, I would say they should look up you know, construction or trade training in their state. And they will have all of these. If they don't go to our website, go somewhere, find out what's offered. And I can tell you, Mm -hmm. there are a lot of community colleges across the United States that do an absolute fabulous job. And in in a very fast program, people can get their initial training or they can go to an ABC or an AGC that has training centers across the United States. There's just, there's so many opportunities now to get training in construction. And the, just the one thing that I that I wanted to highlight before, and it's okay to highlight it now, when we talk about these certifications, right? It's not just about that resume. The more certifications you have, and the more licensing you have, what does that mean? That means that you can take responsibility for your work, right? And the more responsibility you take in life, no matter where it is, the more you get paid, right? So when you're thinking about all these education opportunities and these op- the the opportunity to stamp these things next to your name. Ching ching, ching ching, ching ching. Your <laughs> your your rate, whether it's a wage or a salary, is increasing, right? Absolutely. And I I think when again the the high school entrance is is obvious right after high school, and then as far as companies looking at people coming in that are maybe older, I personally like the the need. There's set for every seven people that leave, only one comes in to the industry, right? So we need people. Number one, number two. If you're entering at a late age, I would look at that person and I would think they want to be here, yep. right? 
they want to make this transition. There's a maturity, there's a life experience, there's different value that you're going to get than you're going to get from an 18 year old. So it's not, it's not too late for anybody. Even we've spoke about this, you know where I'm going, uh, people that are coming out of corrections facilities. So I, I personally think that this is um, not pushed enough for people coming out of prison that are looking for that second chance um, at a better future. Can you talk about that? Give any insight there? Sure, sure. Um, I believe construction is absolutely uh, the second chance industry. We really are. Um, we personally, for my husband's welding fabrication shop, have people that work for us that are the most loyal employees that we have because we gave them that second chance and we helped train them up. And um, they love it. But for NCCR, we actually have programs in um, over 500 correctional institutes across the United States. That and is crazy. That, that That's a crazy yeah. number. Like, it just that means that there's 10 prisons in each state, right, that these opportunities are available to people. Yeah. And clearly not enough people are taking them out because how many talk about how many people go back? Versus if they have this type of oh, the recidivism rate. So what so what happens here is the recidivism rate is how many people that have been incarcerated once and then they return to being incarcerated. And for us to have true prison reform and to really make a difference here, um, we want that recidivism rate to go down. And what they have proven over and over is the prisons that have career and technical education programs, along with other services to help them reenter the workforce. But when they have career tech ed programs, these individuals in Louisiana, the recidivism rate went from 68%. So it's 68% of the people that left were coming back. Once they instituted career and technical education programs, construction, automotive, all of these different, it went down to 11%. 68% of the people were coming back. They instituted these programs. And over a period of time, only 11% were coming back. How incredible is that for the towns, the economy, the families, that are able to learn something. Okay, I made some mistakes. I'm here now. Let me go ahead and enroll in one of these programs while I'm here. I've got got all day. Show me the training. Yeah. And when you have that kind of training, um, it's incredible. And here's the thing: like, like we work with the California Depart of, Department of Corrections, so all of the corrections there, and we all of the correctional facilities in California use NCCR. There's other states that are like that. Some are individual ones, but. I recently spoke uh, to the gentleman that's over all of that, and he just talked about the fact people don't understand when you, it has been proven when a person, any person starts doing something with their hands, physically starts doing something, there's receptors in their mm -hmm. brain that actually open up. So when you're teaching someone something and they're physically doing it, they're more apt to learn that. They're more interested. They're more focused. And that's what what's happening to these people in our correctional facilities is they are learning unbelievable skills and they're able to get out and get jobs and not show back up in prison. How fantastic is that for, for every state, every town that has a correctional facility? And I, I, you know, I just had somebody on the podcast. I just released it yesterday, my last episode where, you know, he was an alcoholic and he, he went to rehab and he talks about how it's part of his purpose is to give people these opportunities. And let me tell you something, you know, in the construction industry, we have our, our share of characters, okay? We have people with some incredible stories, some crazy backgrounds, messed up backgrounds that would love nothing more. I'm not saying everybody does, but but they would love nothing more than to give somebody a second chance and to give them a crack at it, right? Um, 
yeah, I just, I, I just think that that's absolutely incredible. And when I think about my, my advantage that I had when I was younger, or if I had any privilege, it was that I was well aware of the opportunities that were afforded to me from this industry. I knew what the path was. and I knew how to tackle them. I think a lot of people, whether it's our inner cities or, or people that wind up in a correctional facility, they didn't have that guidance, right? So this is an opportunity. I mean, if you know anybody, or if you're listening to this and you're in a correctional facility, um, look for the, look for this path, look for this, look for this platform, look for, go to NCCER, um, NCCR's website and find out if this is available to you, to you or how to make, make it become available to you because this is a better future for you. Absolutely. Right? Um, what haven't we, we had, a, we had a, uh, we got a letter, we get letters sometimes from inmates about their success stories. And about a year ago, we got this fantastic letter with pictures of this guy that was drug addict, went into, he, he was arrested, he was incarcerated and he found an NCCR program there and he started doing welding and he loved it. And when he got out, he got a job and he sent us pictures of himself on jobs across the United States. And he said, I have seen more states and done more things. And I just want to say thank you for what you guys do that I, I benefited from. You. And I mean, I'm like, that's, that's icing on the cake right there when we get letters like that. I mean, I, that would make me tear up. I, I would, I would definitely have, a, I would have to choke that back. I mean, it wasn't even my letter. I didn't even read it and I'm already, I'm already kind of getting it going. Um, so I, I definitely want to keep this uh, short and sweet and right to the point so that people can listen to this and, um, you know, on the way home or on the way to work or something or school or something like that. What are we missing here? What what would you want to say to people to really, you know, drive it home? Is there anything that we didn't touch on? Golly, we, ta we talked about so much in a really quick time. We did. <laughs> um, um, I would just say take a second look at construction. Find out more about construction. I mean, we say construction and you think that's one job. Construction has an industry that has so many careers within that um, and so many opportunities. I just, I just don't think people look at it. And I want to tell you, women are in this industry and they're coming into it more and more. And 51% of our population are women. So the industry is going that direction. Women have a different way of thinking about things. They approach things differently. And it makes for a great team on a construction project site when you have men and women problem solving, working together and doing things because you, that's the whole beauty about diversity in a group is that the thinking and the problem solving that comes out of it. So I would say if it's a young woman, it, the best welders, the best aluminum welders are women. They are very steady. They take their time. They're very detailed oriented. Mm -hmm. They're meticulous. This yep. is the thing. There are, there are careers in construction for everybody. So I would just, I would just want women to know both of my girls are in construction, 31 and 21. So it's, it's a, it's fantastic. I agree. Um, you know, as an executive at, at a ENR top rated company, um, it's the big push for us. The numbers have gone up 40% in the last 10 years, right? So it's encouraging more coming, you know, that only pushes it to about 11 or 12% in the industry overall. Uh, but I, I can tell you that from my experience, um, my favorite teams and most successful teams have been with women. And I think it's because of the, you know, traditional values or attributes that I have, you know, they fill my gaps, right? They, they are everything that I am not. <laughs> yeah, just naturally. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, listen, Jennifer, uh, I really appreciate you taking the time to come on. Um, go, if you're listening, uh, go to nccer.org. 
play around on there. There's so much information, uh, transparent salary information that's been pulled from people nationally in every market, um, you know, evaluation of what the need is from market to market, just like Jennifer said. Um, whether you are looking to enter the industry, looking to make a transition, or even if you're in the industry currently and you want to enhance your career, uh, for me, there's no better resource that I've found, uh, you know, for people to get into. So nccer.org. Um, anything else, Jennifer? Nope. I think that's it. It's fantastic. Thanks for All having right. me. All right. Awesome. Thank you.